Hey there, goal getter. I'm Monique Malcolm, your host, productivity expert, and coach. Are you ready to bid farewell to overwhelm and fear and start making some real strides in your life? Then buckle up because the Take Tiny Action podcast is the solution you've been waiting for. In each episode, we'll share actionable insights, personal stories, and arm you with the tools you need to tackle life's biggest challenges one tiny step at a time. So grab a cozy drink, take a deep breath, and get ready to take the first steps towards a life you love. Welcome to this episode of Take Tiny Action, where I empower you to take control of your life one tiny action at a time. I'm so glad that you're here. Today, I want to talk about networking because I am fresh off of my return from Craftcation, which is one of my favorite creative conferences. It's one part craft conference, one part business conference. One of my favorite places to just be inspired hang out with really cool people, learn lots of new things. And I have been on a bit of a conference run lately. I'm going to be attending three conferences in three months. So I've already done Alt Summit. I've done Craftcation. Next up on my list is Mom 2.0. And in my quest to create a life I love while also achieving my goals, I can't overlook the importance of building a supportive professional network. A really strong network has often helped me get things done faster than going at it alone. It has also given me access to resources I wouldn't have had access to otherwise. It has helped me get answers to questions I didn't know I needed to ask. A solid network has many benefits. But what I am finding is people do not actually know how to network when they're out at conferences, networking events, even within the office place. There are a lot of uncomfortable feelings around networking. And the thing is, as humans, we are not designed to do life alone. Being connected to people is a core part of the human experience. You can't get around it. We live in communities. We need people. We need each other. That's where this whole idea of it takes a village comes from. But as we have gone deeper into society in modern times, we are straying from the connectivity that we found within our communities, within our networks, you need people, okay? Let's just get that in our heads up front. And I wrote an entire chapter about this in my book, Don't Let Fear Have All the Fun. I talk about building a supportive network and I call our networks our cheer squad. So you need to be a good cheer squad member. You also need to find and build your cheer squad. So if you want to deep dive a bit more into that, I suggest you pick up my book, But the thing about networking is it's often seen as intimidating and uncomfortable for people. We hate small talk. We feel awkward. We don't know what to say. And I do not think the pandemic lockdowns have made us any better at communicating. I think it's made it worse. It's made it harder to feel connected to strangers, more cringy even. But networking can be easy if we let it be easy. Does that mean that everyone's going to be your best friend? No. But that's not the goal. The goal is for you to feel less dread in networking situations while also walking away with a new contact or two. So I want to have this conversation, kind of share some tips and things that have really worked for me and which have helped me feel like I'm getting a good return on my investment when I am in situations where I need to network and connect with other people. And I also have a little PSA. If you are one of my introvert friends, listen up. These tips work and they can work for you. I know that you get drained by people's energy and you think us extroverts want to eat you alive with our words. I promise that we don't. 
We do want to connect with you. And I think that if you keep an open mind, you can learn how to be better at networking. And if you do it correctly, you might find that you actually enjoy it. So let's get started. I have eight practical tips that I want to share today and a few personal stories that go with them. So if you're ready, let's get into it. So here is my first tip for how do you make networking easy and start to build meaningful relationships while you're doing networking type things. So the first thing, the most basic tip is to show up as yourself. Show up as your wonderful glowing self. And I know that feels like, duh, but then also at the same time, you might be feeling like, well, what if I don't think people will like the version of me that I show up in space? Don't worry about that. Show up as who you are. You're going to feel more comfortable that way. And I think that energy attracts energy. So if you show up in all of your weird quirkiness, you're going to find the other weird quirky people. And chances are they're going to be your people. They're going to be feeling your vibe. You're going to be feeling their vibe. You're probably going to have a better connection that way. I have actually found that from the two conferences I've already attended this year, there are conferences that I've already attended in the past. I've been to Alt Summit so many times. This was my third craftcation. These particular recent experiences have been some of my best conference experiences ever. And I think that is from just showing up fully as who I am. In the past, I felt like I had to dress the part or act a certain way or do a certain thing. And this time I just showed up. I showed up, I dressed the way that I wanted to in in colors. And I might miss Frizzle from the Magic School Bus is my style muse. So when I, I buy things, I'm like, would Miss Frizzle wear this? So I wore all of the things that I felt like Miss Frizzle might show up to a conference in. And I just had a really great experience. I connected with a ton of people. I got to talk to them about my book and just do so many different things, learn about other people. And it was just fun. And it has paid dividends on the back end because I'm still, from going to a conference a month ago, doing connection calls and virtual coffee chats with people that I met at the conference because we had good connections. And I was like, hey, we should continue this outside of the conference. So show up as yourself. Don't be afraid of that. I would even say when you're going to conferences, it's kind of like an additional tip. Try to find conference spaces where you know your people might be hanging out. Sometimes that's hard in like a business setting because you have to go to business conferences and so you It's going to be more formal, but I still believe that you can find your people in any space if you show up as yourself. Tip number two, drop your assumptions. Whatever assumptions you have about someone that you see, let them go. You can't judge a book by its cover. And also follower count. Let's talk about that. Follower count does not accurately reflect who someone is. So you actually don't know anything about anyone based on appearances or based on their follower count. This is a point that I want to highlight based on an experience I had earlier in the year. So I attended a different conference, one that I had never been to before. It was not a great experience. One thing that happened that I want to share with you is I didn't know anybody at this conference except for the person that I attended the conference with. I didn't recognize anybody from online or or any other circles that I'm in. So this was like a clean slate. I didn't know anybody here. 
What I try to do sometimes when I'm out in conferences and spaces where I don't know anybody, I try to find the commonality that I have with somebody and introduce myself. So a lot of times that's me trying to find other tall women in spaces because I'm a really tall woman. I'm six one. So I, I saw a tall woman. I was like, okay, I'm going to introduce myself to her. I went up. I, I was like, hey, another tall woman. I just wanted to say hi. My name is Monique. And she told me her name. I asked her where she was from. She told me where she was from. She looked me straight in the face and she said, okay. And she just walked off. She walked off. It was such a jarring and really off experience. I didn't know what to do with that because I'm like, okay, normally people will try to have like more of a conversation. She was just like, no, for whatever reason. I don't know her reasons, but in having a conversation with the friend I attended the conference with and someone else that we had met, they said their interactions with her had been strange too. And they just got the sense that she was more so only wanting to connect with people that she knew or that could like could help her in some way. And that's very frustrating, but also her loss because you don't know anything about me from appearances, even social media. Like if you followed me on social media, you only know a snapshot of my life. You don't actually know who I know behind the scenes. You don't know what kind of resources I have. You don't know what kind of opportunities I could make access, how like give you access to. You don't know. There's so much possibility that exists when you make a new connection with someone, but you have to be open to receive those things. If you're closed off and you're not open to making new connections, you're not going to get any of those things. So I really encourage you, drop your assumptions about people. Don't look at people and think that, I don't know, I'm not going to talk to them because they look like they might be stuck up. Sometimes those assumptions that we have about other people and how they're showing up in the world is really a projection. It's something that we're, is, is really internal and it's not really about that person at all. So anyway, I don't want to go on a tangent on this. I just want to encourage you to drop your assumptions. When you meet people, act like you don't know anything about them because you really don't. Tip number three is to be curious in your interactions with other people. Basically, what I'm saying is to ask thoughtful questions. And I have to give my son this piece of advice all the time. He is so introverted. If I left him to his own devices, he wouldn't try to connect with anybody, not even really family. He he really does kind of like to be with himself. But when I talk to him about this, I often ask him, why don't you want to make these connections or what what feels hard for you? And a lot of times he says he doesn't know what to say. And I'm like, well, be curious. Lead these interactions with people with curiosity. Ask thoughtful questions. Ask people about themselves. One thing that people really like to do is talk about themselves. If you ask somebody a question about themselves, chances are they're going to tell you some things about them. And you can use that to ask even more questions. Just be thoughtful. Ask them where they are. Depending on like where you're, what kind of conference you're at, like a craft conference, what other kind of crafts are you into? What classes did you take while you were here? What's one thing that you learned that you're taking back home with you? What's one thing that you suggest that, that I maybe look into? There's so many you know, different ways to interact with people, but ask people about themselves. Give them the opportunity to tell you about themselves and what they have going on. You'll learn so much more about that person. You will make them feel at ease because you're acting interested and being curious. And you just never know what can come from that. A natural follow-up to that tip is tip number four, which is to practice active listening. 
So active listening is when you are giving someone subtle feedback that you're paying attention. This can be you nodding or smiling or laughing at their jokes. It's just those those cues that you give somebody to let you know that you are engaged in what they're saying. And I actually look for this when I am speaking or teaching. I'm always seeking out the people who are most engaged with what I'm saying because those people are giving me that feedback. They are helping me know when I'm saying something and it's landing or if I have said something and it's confusing to people. The most engaged audience members help me know that they're paying attention and it makes me want to give them more. I want to make sure that they're understanding that they're walking away with lots of aha moments. As an added bonus, those are the people who stand out the most to me. When I see them in the hallways, I try to smile and nod or even engage them in a conversation because those are the faces that I remember. The people who were actively listening as I was talking. And I find this happens naturally in one-to-one interactions as well. That when you're talking with someone that you've met for the first time, you're more interested and more engaged when that person is nodding and smiling along and being interested in what you're saying to them. You know that you're they're listening and they haven't just eyes glazed over and they have clocked out. So when you are interacting with people, especially people that you don't know, practice your active listening skills. And I would challenge you to see if at your next event or networking opportunity, if you are giving the presenter um, great feedback and like actively listening to what they are saying, if they don't recognize you or try to engage you in a conversation outside of that teaching opportunity, I bet they will because they you already engaged with them. You already made them feel like what they were saying mattered. And that makes such a big difference when you are speaking to a room full of strangers. Tip number five is to have an elevator pitch and be ready to share it. Anytime you're going to do some type of networking opportunity, you need to be able to concisely tell somebody what it is you do because they're going to ask. And you don't want to be fumbling and mumbling and stumbling over yourself for five minutes trying to explain this thing to them. Their eyes definitely are going to glaze over. They probably will not be actively listening. So you want to know how to say that in like 30 seconds to a minute. Keep it short. Keep it punchy. If they have follow-up questions, they will ask. And again, you'll know somebody's engaged by how they respond to the things that you're saying. But you want to make sure, one, that you have that pitch available. You're ready to say it at any point. And then you say it when somebody gives you the opportunity to share it with them. If you're not clear on your elevator pitch, a great place for you to start in honing that messaging is thinking about your social media bios. All of those have character limits, usually 150 or less. We've done a really great job learning how to condense what we do into those character limits. So start there, whatever you have in your social media bio. If you feel like it's a good reflection of what it is that you know or you do, uh, use that as a jumping off point. But you want to be able to say your elevator pitch in probably, I think I mentioned this before, 30 seconds to maybe up to two minutes. Once you start going outside of that, you might want to figure out how you can make it punchier and dial it in so that way people don't start to drift off as you're talking to them. You want to give them enough information that they are getting engaged and they're curious to know more, but not so much that they're glazing over and no longer paying attention to what you're saying. You you want to have the opportunity available for them to ask follow-up questions, and then you can answer them and let the conversation roll from there. Tip number five is to follow up in a timely manner. 
So if you meet someone, you feel like it was a good connection, don't just say, hey, we should connect and then never connect. Follow up. A good time frame for that is probably like 24 to 72 hours, closer to the 24-hour mark. Like do it as soon as possible. I love when I meet someone and we talk about something, especially something specific. Maybe we're going to collaborate on something or there was a resource or something that they shared. And within like the time frame that I've made it home, I have an email for them with the thing that they said they were going to share. It feels so good. And on the flip side, I have made terrible mistakes with the follow-up thing. So I, I have, I want to tell you a story and then I want to talk about some things that we overthink when it comes to the follow-up game. When I was at Craftcation last year, I went to a dinner with one of the presenters and their team. It was great. We had a great time. And in that process, I talked to them about my book and what I had going on with that because they were asking and they were like, great, how can I help? And I was like, I need, you know, tell people about my book. And they were like, do you want to be on our podcast? Of course I want to be on their podcast. It was great alignment. So I left that dinner being like, yes, I'm going to be on this person's podcast. This is awesome. That has not happened. It may never happen. And it's not through any fault of theirs. I didn't ask that person for their email address. I had that person's team member's email address because their team member was the person who invited me to the dinner. And I was like, oh, I'll just follow up with them. But I also waited a little bit before I did that. I didn't get anything back from that person. I did not have the main person's email address. And so I have not been invited on that podcast. And it feels like such a missed opportunity because I should have taken the moment to say, hey, who should I reach out to about getting scheduled for your email address or even followed up with that team member a lot sooner than what I did? So that was a fail on my part. But some things that I want to tell you about following up with people, follow up, like I said, as soon as possible, but also do not be afraid to follow up maybe a second time. And depending on the interaction that you have with that person, a third time could be warranted. It's just going to depend. That third time will depend on if you felt like it was a good interaction and maybe that person's just busy. I say you want to follow up at least two times because people are busy. Our inboxes are full of so much stuff. Things slip through the crack. We read an email and we say, oh, I'm going to respond to this person. And then something happens and you forget. So don't be afraid to send a second email just bumping this back up to your inbox. I'd still like to connect with you on this thing that we discussed. And if you feel like the timing is right or it feels good a third time, but after that, if you still don't get any responses, I normally just cut my losses. I don't want to be the person who is too pushy because I don't like when people are too pushy in my own email inbox. So I try to be conscious of that. But follow up at least two times if you don't hear back after the first follow-up. Number seven is to offer value. Let's talk about value for a second. That word gets thrown around all the time online, especially if you're in the creator space or the business space, you hear the wording, you got to offer value, give people value. Well, value can be a lot of things. It's not just business information or a coupon code or whatever. The value can be sharing a resource with someone. Value can be sharing an interesting joke. Like if that person said they liked this really specific thing and you found the best joke, like if they said, I love dad jokes, 
you found the best dad joke, you can share it. That is a value exchange. It doesn't always just have to be a one-for-one or a business tip or a, a contact with someone else. I think the rule of thumb here is to be a good cheerleader for others. And for me, what I have taken that to mean is that I like to think of myself as a resource. So when I make a new connection with someone, I say, how can I help you? And if they say they don't know, I say, well, you know what? People usually say I'm a great resource because I always know a piece of software or a person or a course or a thing. People come to me because they are like, I bet Monique knows this thing. And then if I do, I share it with them. So that way I just let people know, like, I'm open to you contacting me and asking me a question if you think I might have the answer for you. Offering value and being a resource to someone can also be you helping your new contacts make other connections within your network. So you're being that linchpin person that connects all of the people. Do you have specific useful insights that would be helpful to your new contact if you shared it to them, with them? Share those things. The, the idea here really is to do what one of my favorite authors, Stephen Covey, has said. One of his um, habits for being an effective person is to think win-win. How can I make this a win for you and how can I make this be a win for me as well? And I take that to heart because that's what makes my network so good and so so supportive is because I'm never afraid to step in and be like, how can I help you with this thing? What can I do? What can I share? Can I amplify something for you? Can I, you know, whatever. This actually just happened. I met someone at a conference um, at Alt Summit, but they were also going to be at Craftcation and we were going to be on a panel together. So we got to meet in person first at Alt Summit. And during that conversation, they shared a few things with me about their business. And I told them, oh, I can help with that. I'm teaching a class at Craftcation that is specific about your business. So I would be happy to share any resources with the people who are attending this session. I can tell them about your business because it made logical sense. Why wouldn't I offer to help them in that way? It didn't cost me anything. There was no additional work involved, but they got to be spotlighted in my presentation and something that was perfect alignment. So I was happy to do that for them. That's what I mean when I say build meaningful relationships. If you're going into relationship building, only thinking about what you get out of it, it's not going to be a meaningful relationship. There's probably not going to be a long-term component to it because you're only thinking about yourself. And as I said, humans, we need each other, not just I need you, you need me, I need you in return. So when you're offering value to somebody, really try to lead with a helping mindset. How can I help this person achieve this goal? Or how can I help this person get closer to the next level? My final tip is to stay in touch. So it kind of goes hand in hand a little bit with following up. But when I think about following up, that's just like right after the event, a hey, don't forget me type thing, or remember this thing we talked about, we want to talk more about. But staying in touch, you want to, throughout the course of the year, keep in touch with that person. You can follow each other on social media. You can send emails every so often to check in. You can say, hey, why don't we get on a virtual call? You bring a hot cup of coffee and I'll bring mine and we can just chat. See what's new in our lives. 
See what's new in our business. See what's new in our careers, whatever you have going on. Just to stay in touch with people. Because again, the name of this networking game really is building those meaningful relationships. You want your network to be ready to and available to help you before you even need them. You don't want to just be asking people for things when you need them, especially if you have not been keeping in touch. Another example of this that I can share is with my roommate from Craftcation this year, Nashe. Nashe and I met at Craftcation in 2019. We hit it off immediately. We exchanged phone numbers. We kept in touch. We talk on the phone sometimes. We text back and forth all of the time. And when it came time for Craftcation and she said she was going to go, I was like, oh, we can be roommates. You guys, I had a blast. We ate so much good food every day for lunch. We took the lunch block and we rent, we walked down to the, the, like near the beach in Ventura where Craftcation is. There's so many restaurants. We ate at all the restaurants every day. We talked, we laughed at the end of the night. We debriefed how the day was. We talked about some things that we wanted to work on and focus on going forward. We supported each other in, in our talks and different stuff like that. It was a fantastic time. We have this long, meaningful friendship that was built on the fact that both of us were creators attending a conference. So those kind of connections happen and they work. And when I did my book launch um, party in Lancaster back in October, Nishay lives in D.C. The party was in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. At that point, we had only ever met in person at Craftcation. When I told her about it, she was like, okay, I'm going to take the time off from work. I'll drive down. It's like a two-hour drive. She showed up. She drove the two hours to Pennsylvania to come support me during that launch. And she's loosely thinking about doing some type of event in D.C. I'm so here for it. I can't wait for her to do it because I want to attend. So that's what I'm saying when I say, like, stay in touch. Don't just be out for yourself and what you can get. Be supportive of other people because these networks, you guys, they pay dividends. But you only reap those type of benefits if you are really great at supporting your own network and not just being out for yourself. So you know that I don't like to just leave you with information and not a way to apply it. So this episode's Take Tiny Action Now is about networking. I want you to reach out to someone who you are interested in connecting with and adding to your network. This can be the person that you see at the coffee shop every day when you go. It can be a mom that maybe you spotted her at the park with her kids and her kids seem similar age to yours. It can be somebody that you follow on social media. Maybe you're always liking and commenting on each other's stuff. Reach out. Tell them that you know you're interested in connecting. Maybe getting to know a bit more about them. Invite them for a coffee chat. Invite them for a virtual coffee chat. It doesn't have to be anything drawn out or hard. And this is not a pick your brain session. This is an opportunity for you and that person to make a connection, see if there is a way that you can support each other, and then go from there. I did this with uh, Justin Shields. Justin Shields, he is a creator and he uh, runs the brand So Curious. I love him. We have a mutual friend, Mallory. And I, I think that's how we we initially started following each other on Instagram. We're always liking each other's posts or commenting back and forth. And eventually I was just like, you know what? I feel like we should be friends. And I messaged him that. I was like, I feel like we could be friends. And do you want to have a virtual coffee chat? And he said, yes. 
It was supposed to be 30 minutes. We talked for an hour and we had to get off the phone just because it was just getting so late and we both had other things to do. And now we continue to stay in touch. I'm pretty sure we'll be collaborating on something soon-ish, but it was just a really nice, easy way to connect with somebody who I may not cross paths with in the real world. So that is your tiny action for you to take this week. I would love if you followed up with me and let me know how that worked out. Did you make a a new connection, someone that you can add to your network or did it fail? I don't think it's going to fail though. So I'm not really trying to get any of those types of messages, but try it out. Let me know how it worked out. Real quickly to recap what we talked about on this episode, I shared eight practical tips for building meaningful relationships while networking. Really simple things that you can do. Everyone can do it, even if you're an introvert. That's just showing up as yourself. Dropping your assumptions about people. Remembering that you don't actually know anything about someone unless they've told you. So when you are trying to network, go in with no judgment. Drop any assumptions that you think that you have. Be curious in your interactions with other people. Ask those thoughtful questions. Get to know them a bit more. Practice active listening. So give them those those subtle feedback cues that you are actually engaging with what they're saying. Have your elevator pitch ready and be ready to share it if someone asks what you do. Follow up with people in a timely manner. So try to stick to a 24 to 72 hour time frame for sending a follow-up message, a text, an email, whatever, however you guys agreed to connect. And then offer value. So leading with how can I help this person? What can I bring to the table that's going to help them reach their next level or achieve a goal? And then staying in touch outside of just those initial touch points, checking in with that person to see how they are, what's going on in their life. Is there anything new? Is there a way that you can support them? Is there something coming down the pipeline that you can help amplify for them? That type of thing. So that is pretty much this episode. If you are ready to dive deeper and become a tiny action taker, I think that you should join my newsletter, Take Tiny Action Weekly. You can sign up for that over at taketinyaction.com backslash newsletter, and you'll get some more insights and thoughts about all kinds of things related to personal development and vision, achieving our goals, overcoming fears, a bunch of different things related to those topics. And I would love to have you join me there. And that's pretty much all I have for this week. Until next time, keep taking those tiny actions daily. 